We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game betting odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Dynasty Tradecast on the Rotoviz Radio Network. Week 15, week 15, it's almost in the books as we're recording. We're recording just before the Tuesday night football games. And this evening, I am joined by the one, the only, Dan Sainio. How are you doing tonight? Tis I, uh, doing well. Yeah, it's been... Uh... Fantasy playoffs have been a little bit different than most fantasy playoffs we've had. Lots of COVID protocol stuff and injuries and people just not showing up for for, for fantasy playoffs. So um, we've got our third edition of the report cards this week, talking about everyone's favorite position, wide receiver. And it should be a halfway decent one. Yeah, and I will preface, I think there's one or two of the guys we'll talk about tonight that are playing on Tuesday Night Football, so if something crazy happens where they become the greatest player ever or the worst player ever, it's not our fault. <laughs> other than other than that, we got our pen and paper out, we got our report cards ready to go, so this evening we're going to start off, we, we, we do want to ease into our report cards, like I feel like um, when I was a teacher, I would go to our, the kid that like I know is going to, I'm going to give proverbial straight A's like I get that that report card out out of the way first and then like at the end I'll have to deal with Johnny who has a D minus and a C and a C minus and stuff like that so <laughs> the man who will have no D's C's or B's is one Cooper Cup Cooper Cup he is a guy we've talked about throughout the years on the podcast as every fantasy podcast has over the last three or four years where he's always been the guy who's more value uh, he has more points than than his value essentially 
And 2021 has been that for him. Um, I do think that his value is starting to creep up towards where his, his points are worth, but Matthew Stafford has clearly unlocked a Cooper cup that did not, did not exist in the Jared Goff universe. So Cooper cup, are you, are you, uh, what, what are your uh, reflections on his 2021 season? Is it, is this, this is what you saw coming with the Stafford transaction? Is it more or less? What do you think? I, I mean, it definitely became one of the range of outcomes because of the significant increase in quarterback ability from Jared Goff to uh, Matthew Stafford. I just I don't think anyone probably had a, a really highly ranked version of this. I, I don't think anybody could have said, oh, yeah, I saw wide receiver one coming. And it's not like he's in a battle with a couple of other people for wide receiver one. He is firmly and in a dominating fashion, you are wide receiver one. So I think, um, well, first of all, the grade is obviously an A plus. And it wasn't that long ago where we had Cooper cup, Brandon cooks and Robert Woods all in that like top 16 or 18 ranking. So, I mean, it, it it's not, we shouldn't all be like in awe at this, especially from a dynasty perspective. Like we knew Cooper Cup could do this. He was doing it with Jared Goff as his quarterback and in probably a more aggressive and and potent offense than what we currently have, even though Van Jefferson has stepped in nicely. Obviously, Robert Woods on IR, they bring in Odell Beckham. And uh, you don't quite have Todd Gurley in Daryl Henderson and Sony Michelle, but this offense has kind of transitioned its way into a more efficient and and uh, you know, probably quite a, almost as potent, uh, except for on the ground, as that Rams offense that we we loved and knew previously. So, um, Cooper Cup probably still maybe slightly undervalued. I, I mean, it's hard to say that, especially when he's he's gotten all the way probably close to the top ten when he's twenty eight years old. But you know, Tyreek Hill is in that range. Devontae Adams is right there. Stephon Diggs. Uh, Mike Evans is in that range. DeAndre Hopkins. It, there's there's all of these guys that are kind of getting towards the back end of their 20s and kind of the back end of their prime or or maybe maybe just on the other side of center prime. So uh, I, it's obviously an A+. I don't know if we can expect wide receiver one production for the foreseeable future when Woods and OBJ are both healthy, plus Van Jefferson. Well- Woods, and we'll, we'll have this conversation with Godwin as well down the road, but Woods did have a season-ending injury kind of later in the season, so we'll, we'll see if Robert Woods is ready to go in week one. Not that that holds much value in, in Robert Woods or Cooper Cup's dynasty value, but that is something to watch as we you know get, get closer to next year. Yeah, and so I guess my, my worry would be the long-term value, but honestly, short-term, if you're getting him for – you know, if you can go out and get him for like trading Rashad Bateman or something, and you're a serious contender, obviously at this point it's a little bit late. But even looking at 2022, if you can go get Cooper Cup for a uh, for a Bateman or a Claypool or a Sutton or something you like can't that, get Cup for any of those guys. You <laughs> might be able to. It depends. Some some guys really really you know harp on that age thing. He's 28. He's he's not getting any younger, and that offense is only gonna have more targets to you know and not targets for a cup more targets to be split up once everybody's healthy assuming everybody returns which i would assume they would want to 
you know, cap obviously matters, but I, I just feel like it's too hard to sustain the insane output that we've had this year, uh, even with Stafford in place and Cup there for the foreseeable future. Well, I'm going to also piggyback and say I'm also giving an A-plus to Cooper Cup. Here are all the categories that he's first in among wide receivers. Targets, receptions, receiving yards, total touchdowns, PPR, PPR points per game, expected points per game. Those are all bananas numbers for one Cooper Cup. Even more bananas is that he has been a wide receiver one in 77% of games this season. We we have never seen this much talent at the wide receiver position in NFL history. Granted, we say that every year, but wide receiver talent is only getting better and better and better. But he's still been a top 12 wide receiver in 77% of his games. He has one game below wide receiver two, also crazy. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not breaking any news here by saying that Cooper Cup's been incredibly productive, but he has been, and I don't really see it stopping anytime soon. And no single-digit weeks either. Everything he's had has been double digits. His two wide receiver two weeks were 16.2 points and 17.8 points. I, I don't care who you are. If you're seeing those numbers, you're very happy with getting 16.2 and 17.8 from any of the wide receivers on your roster. And even the 11.4 is, well, I mean, you're going to have a down week at some point, right? You're going to throw in an 11.4. Great. I'll take it. He doesn't have any zeros. He doesn't have any Michael Floyds. It's it's all usable production. Now we go from one very consistent player to a player that's had a bit of an up and down season, but it's kind of to be expected to what situation he's in. We have Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase, obviously rookie wide receiver, uh, number five overall pick going to Joe Burrow, young offense, a lot of weapons around him. And on the pessimistic side, he's been inconsistent. Uh, He has one, two, three, four wide receiver one games. And then he has uh, 64% of his games have been wide receiver three or lower. So it's definitely some highs with a 34 point game, a 20, 25 point game, but then a lot of lows with a bunch of games below that 15 point per game, you know, ledger. So, what do you think of the inconsistencies that we've seen from Chase? Do does do the ceiling weeks kind of outweigh some of those inconsistencies? Well, I mean, it's to be expected for the inconsistencies. As a rookie, you're going to have it. You're going to have growing pains. It's it's all part of the beast, right? Um, I, I'm not overly worried about it. I, I think I think that this was really to be expected, and especially once you get through that kind of midway part of the season, teams kind of start to figure a player out. When they have now, they have eight games of tape on you. Well, now they can kind of figure out how to shut you down, how to take you away. I think the big topic here that is probably going to go widely untalked about is that we probably should have been buying T Higgins more aggressively while we were hanging on to our our Jamar Chase hat. So, uh, but as far as Jamar Chase goes, I, I mean, he was he was going in what second, late second, early third in in startups obviously was either your 10 anywhere from 101 to 103 depending on where you were drafting and what you were drafting in um i mean i you still kind of have to give him like a, an a minus i would say at the very very least because these blow up weeks have been really impressive he's looked very good uh you know obviously the inconsistencies hurt but you've got a young qb a, a very young offense in in whole and I mean, it's not like they're going to stop targeting him because he only had seven PPR points one week. Like that's just not how that works. He's he's going to be he's going to be sought after by the other opposing defenses because he's probably the alpha in this offense right now. That's going to leave a lot of stuff for Higgins and even Boyd in the short term. I, I just it's hard not to 
clearly look at Chase and see that he is the wide receiver one in this offense and that the the volume's going to be there. He just has to get more consistent with it. So there there's no reason he shouldn't be your a top three wide receiver. One or two is most likely. Uh, I'm still preferring Justin Jefferson, but Chase has all of the ability to be right there with him. Yeah, the, the Bengals were kind of one of those teams that, like, we were probably a year early on, but we were aware that we were a year early. We're like, this Bengals offense could be really good. Had to be a year but, early. But this Bengals offense could be really good, but it might not be till 2022. Like, they've been a good team, but I think they're going to be much, much better on offense in 2022 once we get another year of Burrow, a full off season of Burrow, Chase Higgins to play with each other. Um, the one thing that you know jumps out to me on the Rotoviz NFL Stat Explorer you can find with your Rotoviz subscription RV Radio 2021 is fantasy points over expectation, which is a metric that you know looks at targets and depth of target and opponents and all those different things and tries to figure out okay how many points is this player supposed to score? And Jamar Chase has scored 45 more points than he was supposed to score. Essentially, good for seventh among wide receivers. So yes, he might have had some inconsistent weeks, but even those down weeks, he was probably scoring more than he should have. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say that scoring, you know, 10, 12, 13 points is scoring more than he should have. But like you said, I mean, we, we knew that we were early, but to be honest, we, we had to be early or we weren't getting in. That's how good this offense is and how good it's going to continue to be and how strong these top end assets are. You know, Burrow is going to be a tough buy. Higgins and Chase are both going to be very tough buys. The only realistic buy here is probably going to be Tyler Boyd, which, you know, he, he very well could be on his way out. Or Joe Mixon, who second contract running backs uh, we've harped on forever is, is not really uh, your ideal targets unless you are winning this year. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm I'm locked in with Chase, a big, big believer that this is only going to get better. And uh, he'll hopefully figure it out. You know, the, the focus bit seems to kind of be the – the only thing that's really carried over from college as, as like the negative where, you know, he, he's had some drops that have turned into interceptions and that's, that's not really what you want from your, from your wide receiver one. So hopefully everything gets a little bit cleaner in year two. Uh, and we wrap up year one with uh, just, you know, some strong efforts. Yeah. And I, I'm not sure if I said it, but I'm just going to echo yours. I'll give him an A minus with, with room to grow in year two that, could very easily see myself giving an A-plus this time next year. Now let's go to the 49ers receiving core. We're going to give uh, you know two report cards to this receiving core. You're going to go first with Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk obviously had a bit of a rougher start to the season with 0, 1.6, 14.5, 2.5, 5.2, along with a benching of a, with a 0. Brandon Ayuk, how do you view his entire season, not just that slow start, so far in 2021? Well, it was weird. I mean, I, I don't know if he wasn't healthy, whether it was mentally or physically, or if he was just really on the wrong terms with Kyle Shanahan, man. It, it was a strange, strange start to this season. Um, and it was wildly inconsistent. Like you said, I mean, week three, I think, was his first week of like actually getting some run. He had a touchdown, a few catches. And then it was kind of, bare bones for about a month and a half it seemed and ever since he started to kind of be a more consistent part of the offense be be used a little bit more and i still don't really see what i saw in in him that 
was kind of like, this guy needs to be higher in your rankings. This guy could very well be in a, a wide receiver one. Uh, a lot of that, uh, unfortunately, what meant that Debo Samuel was flying under the radar, which now looks makes us all look like we were being foolish. But um, some of us, like you and I, Nathan, were still grabbing what we could and, and getting the Debo Samuel shares because we knew that it, it was still going to be a huge role for him in this offense. We just kind of maybe assumed that Ayuk was going to be the guy. He was going to get wide receiver one looks. Um, you know, maybe maybe as a little bit of disrespect to George Kittle thinking that Ayuk was going to take over the dominant role. And it's very much still Kittles. Uh, and Debo is, has kind of consumed a bigger role as a running back, which I thoroughly despise, even though the, the touches are kind of nice because they seem to be red zone touches. It's just been a, a kind of an inconsistent year like Chase's was or is. And I guess I guess it's a buy window. I mean, I'm in like the C-ish range for Ayuk. Because and I'd probably be a D if he hadn't been performing the weeks where he does perform. I mean, he, he looks fine. He looks kind of like what we would expect. I just uh, I'm struggling with propping him up because of the way he's used in this offense. Yeah, I the weird part for me that like wants to like give him a C is that I feel like it's not his fault. But the problem is, is like there's not an immediate window for it not being his fault right. like there, there's not an immediate window for him to go elsewhere and then show that it's clearly not his fault um but i'm giving him a d because there's got to be a reason like kyle shannon's not making the 49ers a worse football team for fun um clearly on, on the days where he's good he's got a 20.7 21.5 18.6 those are really good games but those aren't enough to catapult you to a passable grade in my book so I'm giving Brandon Brandon Ayuk a D. I do th- like I do think he has one of the wider variances in all of the NFL in the next like 12 months. Whereas I think if you'd asked me, you know, in August, like, hey, like, what's the variance on Brandon Ayuk? I'd be like, oh, like he's either going to be like a wide receiver 24 or a wide receiver 30, like in that range, and he's not been close to either of those. Yeah, I mean, there was even a time where we we were thinking he could have been in in the top. 16 or even top 12 uh just kind of depending on on what you know what his role in this offense continued to be and what i will give san francisco and and kyle shanahan i guess a little bit is they've been more efficient with brandon ayuk this season um his yards per catch is is better his catch percentage is higher his yards per target is better you know, he's played two more games this season already, and he has 30 fewer targets than he had in 2021 or 2020. So, you know, maybe limiting his looks is is something that they, they want to do. Putting him on a pitch count, I, I don't know why you would do that with a, a fully healthy, capable player who can very easily take over a game. But these coaches apparently are no better than us. They're in the roles that they're in for a reason. So, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm not overly optimistic about Brandon A moving forward. I do think he'll maintain kind of that wide receiver three tag only because of how heavily they leaned on Debo Samuel, especially early in the year. And as they've kind of gone through their running back carousel, uh, it, it's, still, it's still really been Debo uh, uh, even on the ground maybe not as much in the air, but uh, I would, I would lean more towards like a B plus or a minus for Debo Samuel. 
where where we were looking at kind of a low C or C minus for for Brandon Ayuk. All right, let's move on to his counterpart, who will get a much more favorable grade. It is one Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel has seen some role in the backfield as an RB type, even more so than we saw in previous years. Like he's he's legitimately played running back at times this season, and he's played it very well from as far as like wire series. I'm not saying that he is, you know, Saquon Barkley in his prime or anything like that. He's more like Saquon Barkley <laughs> now. Um, but Debo Samuel at wide receiver, been very good. He's been a wide receiver one for 46, 46% of his games. He's been a wide receiver two or higher in 69% of his games. So big fan of what Samuel has done this season. I do think that he deserves a spot in the top two rounds of dynasty startups. You know, it kind of just depends on like how many wide receivers are going to end up going there. We'll kind of see how, how the game is evolving in, in January, February. But yeah, I'm I'm big on Debo Samuel. I think that he gets an A. Like the the only thing stopping him from from an A plus would be, you know, just the Niners being better. Um, but with Debo Samuel, uh, num- I talked about fantasy points for over expectation earlier. He number three, number three wide receiver fantasy points over expectation. So uh, he's making the most of his opportunities. Yeah, it's been it's been a weird one. I mean, obviously the way he started the season, he was just. I'm going absolutely crazy. And over the last month, I mean, he's had three games with only one catch. And, you know, that that to me is kind of absurd. But a lot, you know, in that stretch, going back to week 11 uh, against Jacksonville, he had eight carries for 79 yards, followed by six carries for 66 yards, followed by eight carries for 37 yards. And he scored a rushing touchdown in five straight. So even though we would much rather have him catching passes because a catch is worth significantly more than a run, these runs that he's getting are are very valuable because they all seem to be, they all seem to be red zone carries for the most part, or, or, you know, at the very least high value carries. So, you know, that's going to continue to be a part of Debo Samuel's game. That's going to be a way that Kyle Shanahan gets him involved. I would just prefer to see him get five carries and, you know, five to eight targets rather than just five carries and a target or two targets. Like that's, that's not, that's not a recipe for success for Debo Samuel. I mean, you can only get so many points getting a few carries for 40 yards and a touchdown, right? I mean, your, your baseline is 10, 12 points when your baseline really should be about 20 points considering your usage in the passing game should be much higher than it is. So what, what was your grade you gave Debo? Uh, I'm in like a B plus A minus range. I, I would love to get him into that A category just by more consistent targets. All right. Well, it seems like fantasy points over expectation is the stat of the day. And if you want your hands on that stat to find your next best wide receiver, your next best running back or tight end, Make sure you get involved with Rotoviz. RV Radio 2021 gets you a 10% discount to all of our content and tools. You hear us talk about them every single week. We find a tool, we we go at it hard, and we want you to go at it, at it hard too. So get involved with Rotoviz RV Radio 2021 Health Sports Podcast. We will appreciate you and we love you. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Now, Dan, are you sitting down? Um, I think so. Okay. Um, I, I just saw this statistic and it was so jarring that I'm, I was glad I was sitting down. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure if you, do you, you, do you have LaVisca's profile in front of you? Uh, I don't, I, I have, I have his stats up, but I don't okay. have like okay. his okay. profile. Okay. Okay. Good. Okay. Good. I, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a chance to guess what number, what rank do you think LaVisca Chanel is in fantasy points over expectation per game? Uh, whatever number is last. 236. There are out of two, how, out of how many? <laughs> doesn't say. There are 235 better wide receivers in 2021, according to Fantasy Points Over Expectation, than the Vizca Chenaults. <laughs> All right. If anyone's out there, and, and I'm not, I'm not trying to promote violence here, but if anyone is out there and you just happen to see Urban Meyer on the side of the road or at a restaurant, do me a favor and just go up and just give him like a backhand or something. What is going on in Jacksonville, man? You've got one of the one of the greatest quarterback prospects ever. You've got pretty much nothing else added to the offense. We have the loftiest expectations for LaVisca Chenault. James Robinson was an RB1 last year. What ha- what happened, Nathan? What Did they, like, cut his legs off or something? I What is going on? I mean, I'll be honest. I haven't watched a ton of Jaguar football other than when Red Zone uh, clicks in to show another Trevor Lawrence fumble or interception. Um, but – I just can imagine that he's just getting some some targets and then doing nothing with those targets. Um, they're not using him in the Debo Samuel way that we were hoping, um, you know, in getting him involved in the backfield as much as, as much as possible. And so, yeah, I this is somewhat similar um, to what we were talking about earlier about with Ayuk. Like, is it Ayuk's fault? Like, we we out of anybody, it's probably not all of this Kishinol's fault. It's mostly Urban Meyer's fault, but. But I will throw in, like, even with the the horrification of, of Urban Meyer, you got to do better than what LaVisca Chanel has done in 2021. He he has been a wide receiver two exactly once. He has, hasn't been a wide receiver one yet. So I I don't really have a ton of LaVisca Chanel, but I'm very willing to sell at a lower price because I – I'm just not sure. It seems like these gadget guys, I mean, it's Cardinal Patterson, like the 10th year breakout. Like, are we going to have to wait six more years for a LaVisca Chanel breakout? I mean, that that's for sure in the realm of, of possibilities. Do you want to hear an, an even crazier little breakdown here, Nathan? <laughs> sure. So, LaVisca Chanel, 
He's got 90 targets. Okay. A guy we just talked about in Debo Samuel has 96 targets. <laughs> okay. So very, very similar, right? And we also just talked about how Debo Samuel is essentially now playing running back for the San Francisco 49ers. Debo's got <laughs> Debo's got 1,088 yards on six more targets. Guess how many yards LaVisca Chanel has? 400. He has exactly half of what Debo Samuel has on six fewer targets. He has 544 yards on 90 targets. That might be the grossest stat I've ever seen in my entire life. People want to throw the Jarvis Landry jokes at him. This is like if somebody cut Jarvis Landry's numbers in half. That is so unbelievably bad. Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and give uh, LaVisca Chanel an F. So uh, better luck next year. Uh, LaVisca Chanel, you and all of the Jaguars have failed the 2021 season. All right. I, I'm going to backtrack just a touch on what I said. And I'm going to give LaVisca Chanel the benefit of the doubt, and I'm going to give him an incomplete. All right. He's got to go to sun. He's got to go to summer school. He's got to get this figured out. But I, I still think the talent is there. The usage, we just, we got to revamp it. We got to start over, it, it go back to the box that he was, he was in last year and start from there because something was working last year. And all of a sudden it's just not. I don't know if they're trying to use him as a player that he isn't, or if they're just completely misusing a, a player just generally, which again is probably Aaron Meyer's fault. It's got to have a little bit to do with a rookie quarterback who was thrust into the loft, just the craziest expectations, as you can imagine, you know, same thing with like Andrew Luck. It's you have all of these expectations you put into a big spot and it's tough to, it's tough to actually do anything with them when you have such a horrible team around you. So I'm going to go incomplete, but it very, very, very easily should be an F. All right, let's move on to another player who we might consider giving an incomplete, and it is Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Jr. went from terrorizing the uh, Cleveland Browns to being jettisoned to the Los Angeles Rams midseason. Um, he was cut, right? That was a cut, right? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't a trade. Yeah, but he was cut, um, and then played his. And he's got played so, so far. You know, as of recording this, he's played three games with the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Got nineteen point one against the Packers, ten point eight against the Jaguars, and nineteen point seven against the Arizona Cardinals. This is a uh, you know a revival that I didn't quite see coming. I thought he'd be fine with the, the Rams, and you might say this is a bit like early to call it a revival, but. He has looked like a new player in, in what I've seen from him so far. Um, he is at 155th in fantasy points over expectation, but we'll blame that on Baker Mayfield and the Browns. We'll see what that <laughs> is at the end of the season once we ha we'll have some more hashtag data on the Rams. Odell Beckham, I would lean towards incomplete, but for now I'm going to give him a C. I'm going to give him a C because I, I think that – I think I, as much as I'm a Baker advocate, I think it's Baker's fault. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I'm I'm going to kind of go a step further, and I'm not even going to include the Cleveland portion of the season because that's an also that's just a miserable spot. That, that team is built to run and run only. Baker Mayfield is not good. I was a huge, huge Baker Mayfield fan. Thought he was going to be the guy. He is not. He is bad. He could barely play quarterback as it is. He should be thrust into a game manager role, which I think Cleveland is trying to do actively. And I'm only going to focus on these three games 
with LA for Odell Beckham because I think this is the real Odell Beckham. I don't think Cleveland was providing us the the real Slim Shady, if if I may. Um, I I think Odell it truly he truly is back. I I don't know that he's wide receiver one overall back as far as the ability standpoint, but I I definitely think he's a wide receiver one for a couple of years. However long he's with LA, however long he's with Matthew Stafford or just an actual quarterback, it, to me it feels like he's he's got the ability to be a wide receiver one regardless of who the quarterback is. But Baker Mayfield and honestly the, the back end of Eli Manning have both proven that that's just not the case. So I, I think with him in LA – wide receiver one is is kind of the baseline uh, you know not a top 12 not the wide receiver one so i'm gonna go i'm gonna go b plus for his la and i am just gonna go straight f for his cleveland so um i do think that he's still a really nice buy i definitely don't think his price has caught up even a little bit um you know he's played three games in la and two of them he's been a wide receiver one so i mean you guys do the math i, I just feel like He's going to be way more consistent and it, we may not see the, the, you know, the circus catches that we were seeing with New York. And um, we definitely won't see the inconsistencies that we saw with Cleveland or the non-existencies, I guess, rather than inconsistencies. He was barely shown in Cleveland, which is just wild to me. So um, yeah, I look forward to seeing him in LA, hopefully for longer than just what's left of this year. All right, let's go next to the Dallas Cowboys and wide receiver Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper has has not had his best professional season by any measure. He has had two wide receiver one games, 38 points and 26 points in week one and week eight. And he has a couple 15-point performances, but other than that, he hasn't eclipsed 11. So he has only four games above 11 points so far this season. He did have some injuries or COVID stuff in that week, week 11, 12 area. Um, and then the Cowboy, the Cowboys have been, you know, a bit inconsistent throughout the year. So where are you on Amari Cooper? I, you kind of asked before the show, like, why are we talking about Amari Cooper? And I, I saw him at wide receiver 29 overall. It's like, that seems off. You think that's just because of the injuries? What, what leads you to that, you know, over, that production so far this year? Well, I definitely don't think he's been a hundred percent for the entirety of the season. Um, whether it was injuries or COVID related, uh, it, something has been off. Obviously, there was the the period of time where Dak was also out, uh, which doesn't help. But this, yeah, I, I said I don't know why we're talking about Amari Cooper because I, I was just kind of in my mind that while well, he was hurt or he had COVID and and everything's kind of been dragging on and dragging on. But looking at the numbers, it's that's kind of depressing. He, he really, he genuinely has not been good. Uh, like you said, he's got those two monster weeks that are propping him up to be a wide receiver three. Without those two weeks, he would be abysmal. I mean, he would be in in Cleveland Odell Beckham territory is how bad he has been or how bad his numbers at the very least have looked. But in his defense, I do not think he has been healthy. I definitely don't think he's 100% and, and not currently at the very least. Um, and Dak has also seemed very off. This This offense, just generally speaking, has been out of sorts. I, I don't see the high-flying point-scoring machine that that we kind of all thought or that we saw last year uh, or even at, at portions during this season. I, this, this, to me, feels like another incomplete, but at the same time, we're seeing C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup do 
okay, definitely better than Amari. I just it's tough because I don't we don't know if he's fully healthy. We don't know what else is going on if there's other if there's other you know um, issues that have just kind of lingered, whatever it happens to be. But it's um it's a weird one for sure. I I don't know exactly how to feel. I, I love Amari Cooper. I think he's one of the better wide receivers in the NFL. I just uh, I, I don't know what what to make of it. Yeah, I mean, my grade for Amari is simply I'm going to give another C. I'm going to say C next year, uh, Amari. Like, this just wasn't his year, I, but I don't think this is any sort of career ender or I don't think this should ding his dynasty. But I think he's, you know, firmly in that wide receiver, like 15 to 18 range in dynasty right now with his age and, and his production. Um, you know, you, you, you alluded to, you know, a Michael Gallup exit being a, a, a positive indicator for his production in 2022. We'll see how that goes. I mean, I don't think they're going to enter 2022 with only Michael Gallup and I mean, with only CD lamb and Amari Cooper, they'll probably draft a wide receiver in the third or fourth round. Not that that's a huge, um, you know, obstruction from Amari Cooper, but you know, it, there is an off season to play out with Amari Cooper and the Dallas Cowboys. For sure. And I mean, we've seen other guys step in and, and be, I mean, serviceable uh, to say the very least. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they try to bring back, bring back Cedric Wilson, who has looked good in, in games where there hasn't been a Michael Gallup or there hasn't been an Amari Cooper, uh, or maybe a, t- a tight end has been down. He's, he's looked competent for sure. And I know there were some high hopes, uh, for him pre-draft, however long ago that was, uh, before his his original contract, I think he was drafted in like 2018. But um, this this will be interesting. I, I would like to see them bring him back. I think he could very easily replace what would be lost in Michael Gallup, uh, and then just kind of roll with with Lamb, with Cooper, and and Cedric Wilson. So I yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm probably in like a C minus D plus range for Amari. It it, I guess I probably would have said like B minus or C plus until I saw the numbers. The numbers are way worse than I thought they were going to be. All right, let's go on to our final player. It is going to be a rookie, a rookie who has, you know, been impressive in his rookie season uh, alongside a resurgence from one to a tag of Iowa. You have Jalen Waddle um, and Part of me is a bit hesitant on Tua and Waddle, and it's kind of like, you know, reverse pessimism or whatever it might be. But the Dolphins' schedule has been C-A-K-E cake. <laughs> it, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't get much easier than what the Dolphins have faced in the last eight weeks or so. Um, but Waddle does have three wire receiver one weeks in the last eight weeks, three wire receiver two weeks in the last eight weeks. So he's got two weeks outside of wire receiver one, wire receiver two. Um, but he's been productive and he's been the number one weapon. Will Fuller has not existed in the Miami Dolphins offense. I believe he's out for the year with his hand injury. Um, so with Waddle, he's the wide receiver one in, in Miami. And assuming Tua is really the real deal and good to go, I, I, I see this as a pairing long term. So Jalen Waddle, I, I would give an A. I, I, I don't think we, I don't, I don't think there was anything that we could have expected preseason that he didn't do this year. Um, his his target value his target volume is a bit higher than I would have expected. You know, I kind of saw him as a deep threat, a guy who you know they were going to go too deep. But he's twelfth in the NFL in targets and sixth in receptions. So those are two numbers that are a lot higher than I would have anticipated. You know, before the season started. Yeah, I mean his his catch rate is is pretty darn impressive. 
um, on, on its own, catching catching seventy five percent of his the balls thrown his way. So I mean that's that's a, a, a kind of a tip of the hat to whoever's been playing quarterback in Miami, whether it's Tua or or uh, Jacoby Brissett. You know that's and obviously to Jalen Waddle, it's not easy to catch seventy five percent of the passes thrown your way. That uh, that takes a good targets and b good hands. So that's it's it's been significantly more impressive of a rookie year than I was expecting. I thought there'd be growing pains in Miami. Uh, I wasn't as firmly on Tua as as one Mr. Nathan Powell, but the this last month or so, or maybe two months now that Tua has been back and and seemingly healthy, it's been it's been quite good, honestly. And but like, their but their schedule has been absolute trash. <laughs> well, I mean, they you know they, you, you, gonna, you play with you play what you have in front of you, yeah. Yeah, you you, you play what you play, right? So. Um, but you, you mentioned, I think the biggest point here is the target volume. He's only had two games where he's had fewer than six targets week one. He had five week four. He had four, everything else. He's had six or more. He's only had two games of six targets. Everything else has been eight or more. So uh, when you have 75% of your season is eight to 11 or 12 targets, that's impressive that especially as a rookie, that's, that's important numbers. That's a sign of things moving forward, in my opinion. I don't see how they will go back to to targeting anybody else as their wide receiver one. You know, we we would expect Will Fuller, if healthy and if a Miami Dolphin come twenty twenty two, to take a you know maybe a chunk of that. But uh, we also probably expected Devontae Parker to be a bigger part of this team, and and it's really just been Jalen Waddle and Mike Isecki on his hot game. So. I'm um I'm impressed with Waddle. I, I genuinely am. I look forward to to what the future brings for him. I mean, he's, he's got 86 catches already, and we still got a few weeks left. So this um this is going to go down in the books as one of the better rookie seasons ever. Alrighty, that should wrap us up. Uh, Waddle had one of the has one of, one of the best rookie seasons ever. Hopefully, this is one of the best podcasts you listen to ever. Well, um, let's not go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, that should wrap us up. Yep, we have. I was about to say, is, is this our last podcast of the year? It is not. You will hear our voices, or you you might hear our voices like on the first. But this is the last time we will be recording. I mean, next week is the last time we will be recording in 2021. So, uh, everyone, good luck in week 15. Any last words, Dan? I think Nathan almost just had a stroke going through that, trying to figure out how many more times we're recording in 2021. But we will see you one more time before the new year. Uh, happy happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Uh, enjoy the time with your loved ones. And, uh, yeah, we will see you all next week. That's it. Kadoosh! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.